Hey, HBs. Do you remember the first time you fell in love? Got your heart broken? Your first day of high school? That time your roommate in the foster home tricked your mother into adopting her and then carried out a series of diabolical but unsuccessful plots? Or the time you and your friends were blackmailed by an ancient ghost to complete a series of psychologically damaging tasks? Or maybe you and your fellow high schoolers had to battle alien slugs that took over people's minds with stimulants. If you answered yes to the last three, you're a character in one of the movies that Susie and Franklin Coda watched on Teen Girl Talk, a podcast about all things teen and young adult from movies, books, TV shows, and more. And if you answered yes to the first three, then you're exactly the person that would want to give them a listen. The Coda siblings are on a mission to cover as much teen media as they can, all while telling stories from their awkward teen years, getting way too attached to several villains, telling jokes, and sometimes having a little cry. They really sound like our soul sisters. They can be found on all your favorite podcasting apps every Wednesday. Too old to be teens? Too funny not to listen to. Hey everyone, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels and other love stories while keeping connected, giggling, and thirsting hard. This week, we're doing a special re-release. I don't know if you're up with romance Twitter, but Charlotte Stein went viral recently as she expressed some very sensible Brendan Fraser love. What better way to celebrate that spot of joy than to share our episode on The Mummy? Katie Robert joined me to talk about the best movie ever, which packs as much romance as it does action. If you're not in the know about Katie Robert yet, you have to add her to your auto-buy list. Her creative output is unsurpassed, so you've got a huge backlist you can dive into. Right now, you can jump into three different projects she's got going. She recently released Seducing My Guardian, which is the fourth in her utterly delicious Taboo series. Her new Sabine Valley series recently released with book two, with a ménage called Broderick. And we're super looking forward to the debut of her Dark Olympus series with Neon Gods. It's a Hades and Persephone retelling that you can pre-order for its June 1st release. We're utterly obsessed with her, and you will be too. So, let's get into Katie and I gushing about The Mummy. Here we go. Hi, Katie. Oh my god, this is a dream come true. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> How are you these days? You know, these doing pretty times. good. <laughs> yeah? I bought some noise-canceling headphones, and I feel like 10% more in control of my world, so it's going oh, good. <laughs> that's really, really nice. Yeah, I saw your calls on social media for that, and I was like, I have nothing to add to this conversation. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, my husband is, like, building shelves in our garage to keep himself occupied, and I'm like, oh, no, this <laughs> will not work. I need something. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. I need to be in my own little world while I work. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> you work constantly. I sort of don't understand the amount of output you are capable of. It's actually kind of funny. I don't, like, hour-wise, I don't actually work all that much. But I've, since having my youngest, he's ugh, four and a half, almost five. Yeah. And so I've learned to, like, compress time into, like, 15-minute writing sprints. So Ooh. it adds up to, like two and a half maybe three hours of writing a day give or take wow okay but it's just in fits and starts always <laughs> that's incredible because like i feel i feel like anytime i try to start a project these days like once my brain gets into it i gotta go again and i'm like oh that's that's neat that's fun <laughs> it, it's desperate times desperate measures kind of thing he uh yeah he just yeah. He didn't sleep very much the first like 13 months so and i still Ooh. had contracts and like, I, I don't know. I have whole books that I wrote that I like have no memory of. So <laughs> so now I'm I'm he starts kindergarten, not next fall, but the, so we have like a year left. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all that time. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> that's really exciting, though. Oh, it's it's so is I'm so ready. But yeah. now no one's in school. So we're we're making do. <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. We're all just like on top of each other, like sardines in this social distancing situation. Yeah. 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 My older two are 14 and will be 13 on fourth. So they can kind of occupy themselves to some degree. So it's not, it's not as bad as it could be by any yeah. means. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got some questions probably for the Patreon only session just about your process and, and how you're able to do everything that you do because again your level of productivity I feel like you have more hours in your day than I do uh, <laughs> but yeah it's neat that you you can fit into like 15 minute sprints that's really really cool yeah and you can get right back into the story yeah well yeah I have um playlists and so the playlists really help like get my mind like where it needs to be but writing is like one of my self-care things so it's mm -hmm. it's like must do it or I start going a little frayed around the edges Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome that you've managed to turn like a self-care thing into a business, you know, that you don't hate still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, ask me on any given day and yeah, the answer might be a little differently, true. but yeah. That's true. Well, what do you have coming up? I know that you pushed up the date for the Beast, right? Yes, because my, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I was thinking about doing it anyways, but then yeah. my husband's work has been declared unessential. So I'm like, oh, right. we'll just do some yep. maneuvering mm -hmm. <laughs> so yes the beast which is gaten the beast and isabel will be out april 13th and oh it's like oh that book <laughs> i was like sweating that writing it book. it's so hot <laughs> oh my gosh seriously listener like i i don't know she she melted my heart and then she melted my brain and then my pants melted <laughs> and i don't know <laughs> I don't know how it happened. <laughs> yes, I do. Those three. Oh, oh, my gosh. They just don't communicate that well unless someone's naked. It's just how I it know. works. <laughs> I just, I, and I support them in all of their endeavors, frankly. <laughs> it was, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. It's really cool because it's like a second chance lovers, but also an enemies to lovers. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, even that seems incredible to me just that premise alone let alone everything else that's baked in it was it was probably the most complicated menage i've written to date mm. in that the guys have so much history of like competition and anger and like 
thwarted lust between them. Yeah. And then they both dated her like simultaneously with everyone's knowledge like right. for a period of time before they it fell apart. And so Reunited Lovers is so tricky because you have to have a legitimate reason why they fell apart. Yeah. And you also have a, have a legitimate reason why they will work now when they didn't mm-hmm. before. And for these guys, they just put her on a pedestal because she was the princess and they wanted like they didn't they weren't honest about what they really wanted. And yeah, and she wasn't super honest either. And so it it just like was awful. <laughs> and yeah, so now absolutely. they're being very honest. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really nice. And Isabel's arc is really cool because simply because of her place in her family and also the way that these men treated her. It almost seems like she didn't have the space to be honest at first. Like, not only did she not have the tools to be honest about what she wanted um, romantically or or sexually or whatever else, but she also didn't quite have the space because she was having to perform this pedestal as much as they were putting her on it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And it's really, really good when they just rip her down off of it. It is, and oh, there's so God. there's so much <laughs> anger, and they like kind of use her between them, like to like communicate essentially of like uh-huh. like cause she's got a humiliation kink, which is just delicious, and and it's just it's really interesting how she sort of facilitates them bonding, but ultimately it's Gaten and her that really have the most ground to cover because yeah. he is like you know, a little crunchy on the outside, but he is such a, like, a cinnamon roll on the inside. He's and she such a broke sweetie. <laughs> he just wanted to take care of her, except he wasn't honest. And so, yep. um, so he has the most, like, hurt, because he actually proposed, and she said no. And so he has the most ground and, like, forgiveness and trust to recover between the two of them, ultimately. Because yeah. Beast is like, and we're all going to be together. It's going to be great. Oh man! You know, maybe Beast I won't is, tell you that this is what I want. Yeah, yeah. Beast is—he has a plan, and he's like, "This yeah. is how it's gonna work." These bitches don't know it yet, but yeah. I am gonna make it happen. Oh, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> you're mine, and you're mine, and you know what? Just it'll happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Oh. So don't don't sit on this one, you guys. You gotta <laughs> you gotta treat yourself <laughs> to the beast. This is and April thirteenth. <laughs> Yes, and it should go without saying, but the sword cross guarantee between the dudes that oh. there is much action. <laughs> yeah, and all of those scenes are just palpably hot. Like, oh. and oh, like the man. the one that surprised me the most was I did not plan for Aurora because she's like the re- one of the reoccurring characters through this series, yeah. and her book it will be the last book, and I didn't expect the growth that she had and also that she's become kind of a little bratty submissive Mm -hmm. and like Mrs. Steal Your Girl. Like, (laughs) so good. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the way that you talk about your process and the way that you talk about writing is like, it almost seems like so much of this is a surprise even to you, even though you're the one crafting the story. How does that work? (laughs) I, well, I, I'm a, pantser of sorts and that I mm. usually have some sort of like I go in with like a trope and I have some basic character work that I do and so I know approximately what is going on but it's almost yeah. like my subconscious is so much smarter than I am because mm. things play out and it surprises me and it's like oh my god like this scene towards the end with where Aurora takes place I had no plans for that it, oh, it just sort whoa. of and they like had her changing and Aurora sort of like got a little saucy and I was like oh that's gonna happen and then uh-huh. I, it just it, it's one of my favorites like in this whole series now so yeah it's uh 
I just kind of lay the groundwork and see what happens and and it just sort of flows. And uh, I don't know. It's as close to magic as I can get in like our world. I think. Uh, no, I think the, I think that you're just a magic doer. Let's not <laughs> let's not sell Katie Robert short here, shall we? <laughs> well, I've had a lot Katie of practice Robert. at this point. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, well, and then you have other series that you're working on too, right? There's an Olympus series that you just. Yes, I'm actually almost almost done with the. It's a Hades and Persephone, not to be confused Ooh. with Hades from the Wicked Villain series. Right. Different Hades. Um, they do happen in the same world, but different different people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's it's the start of a new series that will happen in like Olympus, essentially that covers some of the reimagined myths. Because I am definitely playing fast and loose with certain elements because most greek myths end tragically so yeah 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 justice for you know cassandra kind of thing um Uh so the first one will be hades and persephone and then psyche and eros yeah and uh and then the third one will be helen and achilles because paris is a punk bitch and i hate him (laughs) i support that i super support that i i'm gonna die mad that hector died for him and he just i hate paris so Yes. Yeah, so same. Be... Hector was so noble and good and you know, <sighs> hot. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Bana forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah, Troy had a uh, very strong impression on me in my formative years, so that is just going to get to play out in this series. I'm really excited. Actually, me too. I decided to basically break up with a person I was dating during Troy. But, like, here's my thing. Don't take me to see a movie in which Brad Pitt is all oiled up and stuff and, like, you know. Yeah. And then, like, be needy and gross. Like, just don't set yourself up for that kind of that kind of parallel. Don't do it. That's so funny. I actually met my (laughs) ex-husband at Troy. Like, yeah. He had really nice biceps. And, like, I think he was drunk. And we, like, I don't know. I was 17. So I was like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah. Yeah, but I, 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 all that aside, I love that movie quite, quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The amount of flesh in that movie is just <sighs> fantastic. I feel like they really knew their audience. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, actually, can I say, I saw the movie we're going to talk about today in a formative time in my life, too. Mm-hmm. But the differences that I experienced watching it last night to my memory of it like, I think that you and a couple of other dirty birds have had a much bigger impact on my psyche than I have given you credit for, <laughs> frankly, because I watched this movie and I was like, oh, fuck you guys. The mummy All is so hot. <laughs> See, oh, I know. <laughs> I didn't like I saw it when it came out. So I was like junior high ish, uh-huh. like 14, maybe. And I it didn't have the impact on me that it did like later but even watching it again like i watched it i think last week and i was just like brandon fraser just gets better every time i see this movie he's such a gift like in his tight pants and just the mummy's super hot and everybody's hot everybody's hot and really good at their jobs and absolutely Absolutely. Well, because see, that's the thing. Nothing about that changed. I was all, I mean, he was the heartthrob from the beginning for me. There was no complication back in the day. It was just. I always enjoyed Imhotep just because he did it for love. And if you do it for love, I can forgive literally anything pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, 
But I did have an interesting like reaction to him kissing Evie instead because I'm like, no, that's she's not your girlfriend. She's just uh-huh. your human sacrifice. Stop it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Wait, this time or when you first saw just it? Just this time for whatever interesting. reason. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was standing there chanting, kiss, 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 kiss. Well, I don't know what happened. That's always been my reaction up to date. So I don't know what shifted, but I don't know. Oh, interesting. <laughs> The movie contains legions. <laughs> it does. It does. Well, should we get into it? Sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay. So Katie chose this movie. And why did you choose it? Let's tell the listener. Um. So I chose The Mummy because when you said romantic movie, it is like the epitome of like the best, one of the best romantic relationships that I love in fiction. Like mm-hmm. they're both super hot. He's super into her. Mm-hmm. She's super into him. And yeah, I mean, we're not, we're only doing the second movie, but in the fir- third or we're doing the first movie but in the second movie they're still like madly in love and it's just like that i just love them so much and so Uh yes there's mummies and murder and like whatever but and the romantic relationship between imhotep and anakusuna moon is also superior in every way because they you know came back from death to be together so yeah (laughs) yeah it's really really good yeah I told um I told my partner Michael that we were going to be doing this and I needed to watch the movie and stuff. And he goes, "Why are you doing The Mummy?" And I was like, "Because it's a super amazing romance." And he was like, "No, no, no, no. No, it's not. It is an action movie." And I was like, "You sweet sweet summer How child." How dare you? Don't They don't write come off at they me. literally write off into the sunset together yes, at the end. Like. Absolutely. I was like, "Don't let the flash and bang and intrigue take away from the good stuff." This is, don't be, just go away. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> what it follows all the romantic beats, like, pretty, pretty religiously. Like, it is, yes, it yes, shock and bang, but, you know, romance, <laughs> kissing. Uh-huh. Yeah, so good. Okay, so it starts off. We are in ancient, ancient Egypt in the city of Thebes. And Pharaoh's mistress? Girlfriend? Is Pharaoh married to somebody else? I don't know how this works. Do you know? I don't, she's not as white. She's yeah. she's property of some sort, whether sure. literally or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So her name is Anox in the Moon, and she is uh, hot. Very. And she is, the Pharaoh pulls like a Night King move, and he paints her all up so that he knows when other people touch her. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I didn't even make that connection why I love that so much in that book, but yeah, that makes that's sense it. now. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. He resands all over her. Okay, so Anax and Moon and his High Priest of Death, question mark, what a title, <laughs> are in very taboo love. And yeah. it's a secret. But not a very good secret. They're not doing a good job of like, they just, yeah, he just they, sort of strides into a room like, hey, what's up, girl? Like, thank you. Not to mention they've got like 30 eunuchs in their <laughs> fuck room. What are you guys doing? When he, and like, I'm like, if you're going to smudge her up, like we're going to go with a shoulder, like that's your move. Yeah. Like, come on, man. So, yeah, go straight for the inner thigh, dude. Let's be smart about this. I anyway. have to believe that it was intentional. Like they were like, today's the day we murder up the pharaohs. So this is yeah. what we're going to do. So otherwise they're just, dummies and i can't stand for it so it was no, intentional it's definitely intentional as well i support that yeah so the pharaoh catches them together she tries to cuddle up to this 
a statue of a cat to be like, I'm just here being being myself. It's totally cool. But also does it with um, the arm that's not marred. Like <laughs> she, it was definitely intentional. She was hiding that knife somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, where did she get that knife? I have a I have other questions about secret pockets later on that we'll I get was to. I'm gonna but... say that's definitely a theme in this movie of people pulling out <laughs> weapons from places. Who knows? Uh-huh. Who knows? So the Pharaoh is like, who's been touching on you? And Emotep comes up behind him and he's like, Emotep, my priest? And then Emotep has the audacity to pull the Pharaoh's sword. He's got swagger. He's got so oh, much. He really sw- does. And then Anakusunamun just like stabs him in the back with like oh. so much relish. Just like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, and then when when his guards show up in their very serious swagger as well. Yes, yes. And they've got some impressive scowls on their faces. She sends him away because he. she's like, you're my high priest bay of death. And so you can bring me back to life. So you need to fuck off right now. And she doesn't even hesitate. Like, no doubt. She's like, I know you're going to bring me back. Like, I trust right. you. Oh. Do the thing. Oh, they are. They really, truly are a power couple. Yeah. <laughs> and so then she turns around to the other bar- the guards and feminist icon that she is. She says, my body is no longer his temple. And then she takes herself out with her own sword. Yep. It is such a badass move. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, wow, lady, that (laughs) that isn't quite the statement. Well, and then like Imhotep steals her body and rides off into the desert to, um, oh, crud. Of course, I didn't write down the name. Hamanoptra. Thank you. Hamanoptra. No worries. Yes. And takes her down into, you know, like starts the whole process but he's again his swagger is a little too strong because he takes too long and so while her like spirit comes out and like goes into her body and he's about to like finish the ritual and then pharaoh's bodyguards chose like that minute to like interrupt him and i have questions about this curse because it seems like the most badass thing you could do to somebody and they're like it's so terrible and i'm like if you're giving him power and making him immortal if he comes back like this this seems like a good thing like (laughs) absolutely you should just be like chopping them up in teeny tiny pieces spreading them to the four corners of the wind and never talking about him again right but no that would be a much worse thing for i mean let's face it an egomaniac like yes yes (laughs) yes and so but no we're gonna curse him with like the scariest curse that's ever been scary and nobody's ever done it before because they're so scared of it but they're gonna do it to this really powerful dude who can already raise people from the dead as a human (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's legit it totally makes sense yeah <laughs> but they like throw him in like the sarcophagus like alive and put yeah. in the bugs which the bug usage in this movie is incredibly inconsistent but that's okay the scarabs oh my gosh yeah, yeah. Well, inconsistent like but effective oh you, i'll tell I you that terrified much. of those <laughs> same <for> years <laughs> <laughs> and so then they like tomb him up and throw him in and then like time passes like a whole bunch of time passes and now we're still in Hamanatra, but it's, I was confused because I was like, nobody knows about the city, but there are a lot of people in the city, like all the time. Yeah. So, but Brendan Fraser's there. Sexy, sexy Rick O'Connell. Oh. Just pulling weapons out of who knows where. It doesn't matter. because oh, he's- nobody cares. <laughs> oh, he's got him though. And he is a leader. Oh. He is a born leader and he doesn't want to be. And that's the sexiest kind. Yes, yes. And he's just, he's there 
who knows? It doesn't matter. He's there we for the no city. idea. No, there is no explanation. We don't know who they're fighting. I do know that they're legionnaires, but only because of the closed captioning <laughs> and because of the French. That's literally it. Oh, yeah. Brendan Fraser speaks French and um, it did it for me. And then so he's there with Benny the coward. Oh, I, their relationship. I love them. So it's such a delightful comedic beat throughout this yes. movie. Because Benny is such a coward and is always running away. And Brendan Fraser is even constantly trying to save him from himself, even as he's like throwing him out of things. He is. (laughs) Yeah. He's a really nice foil to Brendan Fraser because it shows you as much as the Brendan Fraser character can be a bit of an ass. Yeah. He's Benny allows him to show how noble and uh, caring he is, even to the worst of us. Yes. When they're like running from because the. The lines break, and so Benny runs into the pyramid or whatever. Yeah. It's not a pyramid, but, like, through the door. And Brendan Fraser's, like, running, like, hold the door. And Benny's, like, yeah. no, don't think so. And, <laughs> um, and so then Brendan Fraser's running through, like, the ruins. and Action, action. Pulling bam, guns, bam. guns. Bang, bang, yeah. bang. Throwing guns. Pulling more guns. Salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, then all of a sudden, the, the people chasing him, their horses get super scared and, like, they just run away. Yeah, he's he's standing in front of this. Um. Uh. Oh God, who was it? It was a the statue of Anubis, probably. Yes, probably. <laughs> and Brendan Fraser's like cringing. He's ready to die. But then the entire cavalry that's in front of him gets really scared and they run away. And so he's like, "What is this?" And then there's a there's a whoosh and a "You will die, you will die" <laughs> that happens. And he's like turning around trying to figure out where it's coming from. And then the sand does a does a, a windy sand sculpture of a screaming face in the ground, and it is a lot, you guys. But it's, it's a so lot. funny while he's running through it because he's not running in like a linear fashion to like no. get away from it because it's it's going back and forth like the yeah. fountain in front of that hotel in Vegas. Yeah, Bellagio. Yes, yeah. thank you. And so, but it's not like he could just literally walk six feet and be out of it but no he's running back and forth as the sand like comes at him and then yeah (laughs) it was so great Uh uh-huh so then he's running away from Hamanoptera because everybody is he's on Mm -hmm. foot because everybody fucked off apparently all his people are dead it seems like yeah and the magi uh the sexy sexy magi he's (laughs) such a sexiness face tattoos i'm into it i didn't know i was into it but i am (laughs) oh i think this is why i'm into face tattoos (laughs) i mean (laughs) i think this movie is it (laughs) yes so there's like up on this uh cliff somewhere because there are cliffs in this desert and they're like should we go kill him and the leader of the magi his name was is ardeth i think and he's like no the desert will kill him Spoiler alert, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't, you guys. He's too sexy to be killed by the desert. The desert's not going to do that to us. No. So, also, did you did you clock the swanky, swanky face coverings that were on their horses? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's like, it's like a, almost like a salsa dancer's skirt <laughs> all over their faces. And I liked it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, you know, I'm super into everything, like, connected to the Magi, like, I'm all about it. Yeah. They're descendants from Pharaoh's bodyguards? They are. Yeah. I feel like, yes. Yeah. And in a movie where there is a dearth of local people or Middle Eastern actors, (laughs) the leader of the Magi represents one of, I think, two men who um, who is a man of color. Um, He's Israeli and he's super foxy. So 
anyway. Yeah, this this movie's definitely lily white. <laughs> oh yeah, and and like fake tanned so that they don't look lily white. It's yeah. not great. <laughs> yeah, because the guy who plays Imhotep was in like GI Joe or some shit like uh-huh. later on, and and I think that's the first time I'd seen him since this movie, and I'm like, he's yeah. super white. Yeah, like oh, things, <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's not so, Egyptian. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, right. I feel oh, so betrayed. Hollywood. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. All right, so Um, three years later. Yes. Our our sweet, hot, smarty Evelyn is in a giant library. And I got to tell you guys, she's doing a big melody right now. (laughs) Michael tells me that I, my basic motto in life is, what could go wrong? And (laughs) she's up on this like 20 foot ladder against a giant bookshelf. She's in the S's and there's a book that is a T and she's adorable about it. She's like, oh, what are you doing here, book? I'm going to put you back where you belong. Adjust my glasses while I do. <laughs> oh, God, she's so cute. She is. So instead of climbing down and moving the ladder like a sane person, she pulls a big melody and she tries to lean from one shelf to another and chaos ensues. <laughs> she, You know, she almost recovers. Like she almost she has it down. Her. And she's like, fine, I'm fine. You could see her being like, it's okay. It'll be fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's just like help me all quiet and then she loses her balance and tips over the bookshelf and of course they're in a circle so like all the oh. bookshelves come down like every so it's single a one big of them. domino big domino yeah. effect big mess yeah. <laughs> and then she defends herself in a really great way and i feel like <sighs> you want to talk about this are my instincts correct <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> her boss comes out and he's just like oh my god like the plagues of egypt like listing like several of them and like they were all nothing compared to you and why do I put up with you? And she's like, excuse mm-hmm. me, like, let me list my qualifications. That's right. <laughs> and it's just like, she like has no hesitance. She's like, I'm super qualified. I'm more qualified than most of these people. And like, uh-huh. she like speaks Egyptian and like translates a bunch of stuff and like has all these studies that she's done and is very, very book smart. And he, then he, of course, being like that dude comes back with like, I put up with you because your parents like donated money or whatever. Right. Like, we're big deals, very big deals. And so then he, you know, puts her down is like, pick up everything. Don't care how long it takes, like whatever. And she immediately gets distracted by a sound and like wanders into this like. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. With- before you, oh, before go, you yeah. go any further, I do have to say, I have to read you my note because okay. I don't know if it's something that I saw like a mirage or, or not, 
But my note is what she says is something like, because I can read and write ancient Egyptian and I'm worth my weight in gold and I have a sneaky hot tattoo behind my ear. <laughs> and I don't know if that exists or if it was like a hair curl or what, but I was like, I think she has a tattoo behind her ear and I wanted more of that content. No? <laughs> I mean, I don't... I believe it. I, I'm 100%... I, I don't feel know. Like but I'm also not the most... When we watch movies, like my husband and I, he mm-hmm. picks up all these like, oh, that person like definitely like was supposed to be dead and was blinking. And I never notice any of that stuff. Oh. So she very well could have a neck tattoo and I'd be like, oh, it seems legit. Don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right. So carry on. Okay. So she like, it's like a, like a museum type room. It seems like, like there's a lot of stuff set up. It's like a creepy crypt. It's yeah. Neat. It's not very well lit. <laughs> and, no. Um, it's. She walks up to like an open like sarcophagus type thing and like naturally like a mummy pops up. And this mummy, despite being super like desiccated, is holding together very well. And and it's her brother who is in the sarcophagus with the mummy for reasons unknown. Drunk. Mm. I mean, when I get drunk, I don't want to hang out with dead people, but like whatever. I don't judge Jonathan. You do you, man. (laughs) Yeah. And so she's just like, ah, Jonathan. And he's her brother who he's, you know, that underachiever type. Except he's really good at stuff. He's an affable buffoon. Yeah, like, but you know, he but steals also stuff. fairly competent. Yeah, like he's really good at picking pockets. He yeah. can also read ancient Egyptian, apparently. Yes, sort of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I mean, better than a like bit. you would expect him to. Certainly better than me. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so he's like, I found this thing on a dig in like somewhere that definitely sounds legit, and gives it to her, and he's like, Tell me, I found something, and so she just immediately is so superior in every way that she like uh. touches it and it just pops open and it's a and it has like a map inside yeah and so she's like you've definitely found something this time and so they take it to her boss the curator yes which you know he doesn't have the most confidence in her and it appears to be a map to Hamanatra. and so they start talking about like the legends involved and like how all the pharaohs kept like all their treasure there and there's the it's gold- a lot of really well done exposition yes yes yeah and and back and forth because you know Jonathan, her brother, knows his treasure. So oh, yeah, he does. He's a treasure hound. Oh, he is. But he just, oh, I love him so much. <laughs> um, and while they're you know getting all excited and like super into it, the dude, they're the curator's reading it, and oops, it's on fire. Yeah. At first, he's like, "Okay, guys, this is probably nothing. Like, no work. I don't know. I gotta hold it up to this flame in order to read it better." Oopsie Very doopsie. slowly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just oops. Burned off the part on how to get to Hamanatra. Yeah, and then he says, probably for the best. (laughs) Oh, okay, Uh, dude. He's so just like, meh, it's fine. Go away. Yeah. So come to find out, her brother did not, in fact, find this on a dig. He stole this from a dude who happens to be, what we find out, Rick O'Connell. So Yeah, shocking. uh, Right? It all comes together. And so they they, he takes her to the, like, prison, I guess? Yeah, it's a prison. And they, they meet up with the warden. Yes. And the warden is like, let me give you a tour. I can't wait to show you all the sights of my beautiful prison. <laughs> and it's literally like a courtyard with like open face cells all around yeah. it. That they're yeah. just loud and dirty, angry prisoners. Mm-hmm. And Evie is totally unfazed. She's like, yeah, cool. Like, show me this person. Like, I wanted to have these answers. So he comes out and he's supposed to be run down and bedraggled and like, 
a bad boy. But let me assure you, Brendan Fraser is just as, if not hotter than ever, with his long hair. <laughs> he has like George of the Jungle vibes in this scene. He does. It's just he slightly really dirtier does. than George of the Jungle. But like the long hair, like he's all, you know, they haul him into this cell so he can talk to them. And, yeah. and he's just... He's just Brendan Fraser. Like he's and just he's peak. a beautiful asshole right now. He's like, they're like, oh, so we found your pretty little puzzle box. And he's like, no, that's not what you're here for. You're here to ask me about Hamanaftra. Yes, I've been there. Yeah, I know how to get there. Oh, and then he punches the brother because well, he realizes that he's the one that pickpocketed him. And Evie just steps really nice. over her down brother without hesitation. Yeah. She's like, puts her hat up and she's like, so, um. Ah, oh, she's so ambitious. Oh, she and like unapologetically ambitious. Like, yes, yes, don't care. Tell me about Hamanatra. And he's like, come closer, come closer. Yeah. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. And then he just like grabs her chin and like kisses her. And he kisses her. Ooh! Just like lays one on her. And she's just like, oh my goodness. Like, you could just see yeah. the look on her face like, what? And then he's dragged off. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to go hang you now. Yeah. So she's trying to get the warden to not hang him. And she's like, I'll give you 100 pounds. I'll give you 300 pounds. I'll give you 500 pounds. And he's like, will you throw in that pussy? Because I am <laughs> a lonely man. And she's like, get she your hands off of me. That's just ridiculous. Just slaps his hand. <laughs> yeah. So he tells everybody to hang Brendan Fraser. And luckily, his neck doesn't snap. Huzzah. Uh, and so by the time... By the time Brendan Fraser is like close to dead, she has told the warden that not only do they know where Hamanoptera is, but they'll cut him in for a negotiated amount, which is adorable because she's <laughs> she is so like cool under pressure right now. Like he's choking to death and she's like, no, 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 you can't have that much percent. You can have less. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. And so then, oh, man. And Katie, the when they cut him down. And she stands up and does that like imperious oh. look at him with the self-satisfied smirk and the hint of an eyebrow raise. Yes. I was just on my knees in front of her. Like, just, whatever you want. She is so capable. Like She is. I just, I laugh because I watched this movie in my formative years and somehow had mm. no idea I was bisexual. Like, no. <laughs> like, oh, like, come on, everybody. Katie. <laughs> but yeah so he they so then they class two they are boarding a or they're on the docks getting ready to get on this like riverboat type thing and yeah. she's all worked up like you super worked up like um she's like i hate him and he's a filthy rude scoundrel and i can't believe that we have to work on the and he comes up and he's like filthy rude scoundrel anybody that i know and she turns around. And he's just cleaned up in a haircut. And oh. she identifies him as a sexy man. <laughs> oh, boy, does she? She sort of like stutters over her words and then tries to like level with him. And oh, and all the while, she knows he is so sexy. When in her, I love that her, that Jonathan's giving her shit. Like, uh -huh. oh, yeah, mm, terrible. So terrible. <laughs> oh. She's like, shut up, Jonathan. <laughs> shut up, Jonathan. I was just. It's just like a tiny crush. It's no worries. Well, and they have such a genuine type, like sibling relationship that they there's do. like that ribbing and like genuine affection and uh, love it. It is really sweet. So then they get on this boat and the prison guard is there. Um, Well, the warden. I said prison yes. guard, but he is the warden. Oh, and also he's the other the other man of color. He's Persian. So really glad that and he actually speaks Arabic, which is, you know, nice. Um, <laughs> even if he is like the worst like oh but he's so funny he's also a oh, really yeah. really funny comedian in real life but yeah anyway 
So they get on the boat and we see that the Magi are stalking the boat. And so we come across this gaggle of American cowboys. Who are the most American. Oh, yeah. Like. Oh, yeah. Just just the most throughout this movie, the most American. Like, yeah. just like. In every oh, way. Enemies. After yeah. the shipwreck, they're like, this is a stupid country. As if it's the entire country's <laughs> fault that their boat went down. Oh, and they're just obnoxious and like totally like not respectful of any cultural relief that or no. belief that isn't theirs and it's just like the epitome of like the shitty american is these dudes i mean they seem like decent dudes they're just shitty americans yeah completely and completely they can't see um uh, past their own assholes no so they bet o'connell 500 bones that they'll get to the city first and, and- yeah. And this is how we find out, like, because Jonathan was playing cards with them, and Con- O'Connell's like, how do you know that we're going to Hamanatra? And Jonathan's mm-hmm. been running his mouth, and they're just like, yeah, like, we know, because, like, we have a guide who's actually been there, and O'Connell, like, does the shoulder grab on Jonathan before he uh-huh. can, like, spill the beans on that, too. <laughs> okay, so then she's sitting on the deck, yeah. and she's reading, like, the beautiful Ravenclaw that she is. <laughs> And then he comes over and he throws his weapons on the table like the hot Gryffindor he is. Do you agree? 100%. 100%. Okay. Thank goodness. I was going to have to fight you. Well, that whole interaction, (laughs) like he's cleaning his weapons and she's like picking them up and like examining. I'm like, what is this blade Uh that's curved really interestingly do? And he's just like plucking it out of her fingers and it's so delightful. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And let's, let's just quick, quick control save in your mind. This bag is Full of guns and knives and heavy metals and uh, a bunch of things like that. Okay, just just remember that, listener. (laughs) You just remember that. (laughs) So they talk about what she's excited to find when they're at Hamanaptra. She's like, this is this could be the peak of a life's goal of mine. But he's so knowledgeable too, because he's like, oh, so the golden book doesn't interest you at all. And she's like, she's. She's like, oh, you know your history. And she's like super wet about it. Oh, yeah. And and he's like, no, I know my treasure. And then I was super wet about it. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> well, and then she's like working up her courage. And yeah. like this is like one of the first times she's been like actually not fully confident in this movie. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, why did you kiss me? Yeah. And he's just like, you know, cannot read a mo- room to save his life no sweet sweet gryffindor yeah yeah true <laughs> he's like i was about to die it seemed like a good idea at the time which of course is not the answer she's looking for and no. so she storms off because she's just like i well i'd never yeah and- she's like harumph i'm gonna take my book and go thank you very much but not too far because i'm gonna pet some camels like yeah. <laughs> i mean the exit was slightly marred by her <laughs> Hanging out to pet camels. It did allow her to leave in a huff again, though. That's which true. I didn't mind. That's true. So then he comes across Benny. And he's like, Benny, what the fuck are you doing here? And Benny's like, well, I would just leave them out in the desert because I'm guiding them. But they will. They only paid me half. So I'm going to guide them out there. And then I'm going to stupidly guide them back. <laughs> it's very funny. So he tosses him over the side. Like, without hesitation. He's like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm," like, a hand on his shoulder, like, yep, 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 tell me more. Okay, okay. And then he's like, bye, Benny, and just tosses him off the side of the riverboat. It is so wonderful. And that's when he notices that there are wet footprints on the deck. 
which starts one of the best action sequences in this movie. What I love that his first thing that he did was go to her. Yeah. So like we cut to her and she's in her like dressing gown type thing and like combing her hair and like reading a book and very absentmindedly. Yeah, she's absentminded because she's thinking about that kiss still, you guys. And I don't blame her. I don't, but I'm like, Evie, there's so much better kisses coming in your future. Like, just hang on for it. (laughs) That's true. And so she drops her hairbrush and it's just like, ah, like goes down to pick it up and she's in front of a mirror. So when she comes back up, there's a magi behind her, like a masked man. And Also, his name is Hook. Oh, yes. He is referred to only as Hook. In the, <laughs> in the movie, which I find wonderful. Well, he has a very scary hook and he's like menacing her with it and he does like, demands the key. And she's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What key? Right. Like, get out of my room. And yeah. O'Connell bursts in all dramatically Woo! and just bang, 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 bang. And in the fight. Okay. So then she, so he goes bang, bang, bang. There's another guy that comes out and he bangs yes. him too. And then she grabs a candle, a candlestick because she is never not competent. And she puts it back into Hook's eye. Oh, yes, yeah, she does. Really gets banged up in this fight. And it's actually man. really messed up if you think about it, because the Magi are just trying to keep Imhotep like dead. Yeah. Like they're yeah. <laughs> but you know they're what? just trying to protect you, stupid, stupid kids. Yeah, I know. Come on, like, guys, knock it off. Like, yeah. They probably would have taken the key and left. Like <laughs> Absolutely. You never would have said the puff of smoke. They'd be gone. Yeah. So, um, so they he grabs her and they leave and he's like reloading but his it guns a while fire. they walk. Yes. 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 Sorry. Important. There yes. is a big fire that gets started. Very dramatic. And so they start going away. And then the hook, the Magi, is like, I'm gonna go grab the key that he sees on the ground. And then as he bends over to pick up the key, <laughs> Jonathan her Bumbleson. brother bursts in. Oh, and, and a he point of clarification, the key oh, yeah. is the thing that her brother found, like the puzzle that's box right. that her brother found is the key. So that's what they've been hauling with them. But yes, yeah. carry on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jonathan accidentally pushes this civil servant into a flaming couch. <laughs> Oops. And, um, and so he's now on fire. But I don't manages... think Jonathan even like notices. He's just like, oh, oh I got the key. Woo. Well, he doesn't get the key, though. Oh, because right. Hook hooks the key and then Jonathan leaves because he's a smart coward. <laughs> and so he leaves. And then um, it cuts to uh, somebody else. They're like setting the hay on fire. And then other people are running around. Oh, oh. Brendan Fraser throws her over the side, which oh, I love. First, she's first, in her nightgown. Oh, but first. But first, he's, you know, oh, yeah. come out and like he's reloading one of his many guns and yeah. the enemies are shooting and it's like going down the arrow or not the arrow. God. Um, the wall. The wall yeah. Thing. And she's watching it go and like jerks him to the side and like a bullet hits right where his head would have been and he just kind of oh. goes, ooh. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like, love it. They save the each other so thank much. You. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so wonderful. So then he tosses her over the side and yes. he's like, you need to swim to shore. And he does make sure she can swim before he does. He does he check does. in. He does. <laughs> he's ever the gentleman. <laughs> and so then the Americans are like, shoot him up, bang, bang, a, p- a bunch of people. He has to fight off another Magi. And then um, the warden is like, what do I do? And he's like, stay here. I'm going to go get help. <laughs> he's it's such great. an asshole. <laughs> he is. Just stay on this burning boat. It'll be fine. And then mm-hmm. he just jumps off. <laughs> Okay, and this is the shot that I needed you to remember, listener, because remember that 65-pound bag full of weapons and metals? It floats. Magically, it just floats. You know, the, the I liked it. physics don't necessarily... I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine, uh, but I did find it hilarious. 
So the warden gets over the side, and then only the Americans and Jonathan are still on the boat. And the flaming hook comes out. He's survived so long while on fire. <laughs> he really, really has. You'd think that the smoke inhalation would have gotten him already, but he's too much of a badass. He's just trying to do his duty. <laughs> he is this poor, poor public servant. <laughs> And so then the Americans shoot him, and just as he's about to go over the side, Jonathan pickpockets him, and he gets the key, and he's very, very satisfied with himself. And then there's an explosion, and, and so Jonathan everybody goes up abandons the ship. Yes. Yeah. So then they're wading onto shores, and on opposite shores, like the Americans and Benny on one side, and like Rick and Evie and Jonathan and them are on the other, and Benny, of course, being Benny, is like... We have all the horses. And uh-huh. Rick's like, you're on the wrong side of the river, which is my oh. favorite. And Benny's just like, It's God one of my it. favorite uttered, uh, Brendan Fraser uttered lines, like, ever. Yes. Like, just his inflection and the way that he delivers it is just perfect. When he has obviously got so much, like, joy out of that moment of like, haha, motherfucker. Like, yeah. They're so petty and it makes me happy. Uh-huh. Same. Um, so then they have to go to a mercantile mm-hmm. to get um, some trusty steeds. And she also has no clothes. She's running around. Oh, how does she get on to that riverbank without full nipple action? You know, happening? I wondered about that. In her tiny gauzy. It should have been full body action because it's like yeah. white. <laughs> and, yeah. But nope. Nope. That stuff is made of very stern. Very thick wool. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> That wool you you wear in the desert. Definitely. Uh, It was just, no, you know what? It was a personal slight to me. That's what that was. I was thinking about that as she like crawled, like climbed out of the river, like soaking wet. Mm -hmm. I'm like, here we go. And it's like, no, no, we do not go. (laughs) Gosh, darn it. Okay. So then they buy some camels and she gets some local clothes. And Brendan Fraser says, I bet we could have gotten those camels for free if only we had given them your sister. And Jonathan's like, yeah, it's super tempting, huh? But then she comes out of the crowd wearing this little black number with this really sexy face veil and, and like some eyeliner around her yeah. eyes. Oh, and this is like the first time that he's like fully like shell shock seeing her yes. like, oh, damn, girl. Like, yeah. you clean up nice. <laughs> uh-huh. He sees her as a, a different being. She was cute beforehand, but now she is a veritable sex object. When he goes a little, like, like stupid. He goes gooey. He does, because he just, like, yeah. doesn't know what to do with his hands. And, like, he just, yeah. oh, my God. Like, oh, love it. So It's really nice. Yeah. So then there's this really pretty camel riding montage. <laughs> Everybody falls asleep on their camels, except for uh, super competent Brendan Fraser, Rick. And the Magi are watching ominously because they are always watching. Which, again, if they are such awesome public servants and, like, they were willing to, like, sneak Mm -hmm. on a riverboat and, like, do Mm -hmm. their duty, like, why not pick out these four lonesome people that they could probably dispatch rather quickly, even with, even with Rick easily, Like, super easily. Yeah. But no, they just let them do the thing. They decide to wait now, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, they're just letting them get to Hamanoptra. That's what they're going to do. They're like, what could go wrong? (laughs) Now they're pulling a melody. Okay. Oh, and then, and it also gives the head Majai the opportunity to say, this one is strong. (laughs) And I didn't hate it. Um, So now the two groups meet up. Somehow. And they're both waiting for some kind of sign. I have a question for you real quick. Because Benny says to O'Connell, he's like, hey, Rick, nice camel. 
But then I noticed that Benny is also riding a camel. What is this shade? What's happening? I don't know. I feel like he didn't know what to say. And so he's just like, nice pants. I don't know. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> I was like, Benny, look at your animal right now. And what your you camel is not, and maybe it was legitimate, like nice camel. Yours is way better than mine. Like who knows with Benny. <laughs> but I don't, what I don't yeah. understand is, so they're like waiting for like the sunrise to like reveal yeah. Hamanatra, which is very dramatic and like beautiful and like whatever and like starts yeah. like a race of sorts but it was always there and so I don't know why they had to wait for it yeah like mystical desert tricks I don't know <laughs> I don't know much about the desert or desert specific mysticism so I really can't comment on it but it is a little confusing <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like this place is really hard to find but apparently not it's fine we don't have to question it we'll just roll yeah. with it <laughs> So they are sprinting now, and Benny tries to whack O'Connell off of his camel, and then O'Connell throws him off of his camel. It's wonderful. It's their love language. It's good. (laughs) It is. And then Evie comes out of nowhere, just out of the mist. Well, she's like having fun, and then her camel's like, oh, we're doing this, and like picks up the speed and is like, like he got his competitive spirit going or something, and just takes off, and she's like, oh, shit. And It's so good. And so she wins! Yes, and and, she wins. Rick's just looking at her like, that's my girl. Yeah, (laughs) he really is. He's got heart eyes right now. He does. Okay, so the work starts, and the Americans have this Brit who I Egyptologist. (laughs) Yeah, I refer to him all throughout my notes as, oh, stupid colonizing misogynist. That's the one. Because he is setting them up to like start digging and stuff. And the rest of the guys are like, hey, what are what is the other group doing way, way far away? And he's like, well, they're led by a woman. And what do women know? A lot more than you, motherfucker. A lot more. (laughs) Well, and this is like one of my favorite interchanges with, well, I say this with everything. This movie's my favorite. It's fine. Yeah. So they're like poking around the statue and like she's got these mirrors and like Rick's like, hey, uh, what's up? Hey, um, I I got this for you. And like, just like kind of thrusts it at her like super awkwardly. And it's like, like archaeologist tools and stuff that he totally stole from the americans like and she's totally fine with it like cool sounds good yeah he gets her this archaeological nerd kit but his hands are just like like he's so like does not know what to do with his hands yeah he's like shaking and and his opening line for this was like hey what's uh what's up with that old mirror and without missing a beat she's like ancient mirror and he's like oh yeah well uh." he like gets like 10 points dumber like in this scene like he's so capable every other time but he's just like oh well i thought this might be useful yes oh and she loves it she does she eats it up hbs you've heard us talk about her before on the pod but i have to gush about natalie she's our virtual assistant and i cannot fully express how much better my life is now that she's a part of the hb team She's revolutionized our email, our website, our social media. She's opened up revenue streams we didn't have time to maximize. She helps with logistics on every level, and she's an ideas woman. She not only gently keeps me on track and takes care of our calendar, but our phone calls leave me feeling inspired and ready to take on the world. And I have amazing news. Right now, she has openings for more clients. She provides virtual assistance to authors, small businesses, and just regular humans. 
We have her on the team with a set amount of hours per week, but she can work with you on a short-term project basis as well. And she's a Jill of all trades. No matter the task, Nat can do it. She can check off your to-do list by planning your meals and shopping for your groceries, purchasing your gifts, planning your trips, and anything else. Whether you're a small business looking to optimize your operation, an author who'd like time to actually focus on writing instead of all the business that weighs you down, or a regular person who wants to delegate everyday life tasks so you have the freedom and bandwidth to reach your ultimate happiness, Nat will give you the support you need to get there. Head to www.justasknat.co or email nathelpsyou at gmail.com. And follow her on Twitter and Instagram at JustAskNat. I'm going to include all of these links in the show notes. You will love working with her. And so then they belay down into a pit of some sort because they are at the base of, of um, Anubis or raw. There, it doesn't matter. It's Anubis because they yes, end up Anubis. down even below Anubis. Like, as time goes on. Yeah. So the warden Gad is like, um, make sure to look out for bugs. I don't like bugs. And my note is, oh God, foreshadowing. Well, they're immediately teasing him about bugs. Like immediately. They don't even hesitate. Yeah. I mean, and that's the correct response. (laughs) Um, Because they hear like a skitter skitter. And so then they go through this mummification prep room. And then they, they, they meet up at the base of Anubis with the other stupid crew and guns, guns. They, <laughs> so yeah, guns. they immediately pull guns. Yeah. And Evie, then as the boys are bickering at like boys will, mm-hmm. she decides to be the smart person in the room and she realizes that there's a chamber underneath even that. And since what they're going for is going to be in the base of the statue, her whole thing is we don't have to fight with these idiots over it. We can just go from beneath. And Rick so, immediately follows her lead. Okay, oh sounds good. Like doesn't hesitate, this does is, not question. He's this just is one of the sexiest moments oh because he goes from I'm going to defend this ground until I die to just her just her making meaningful eye contact with him. And he lowers his weapon and he's like, all right, well, I'm listening to my girl over here. So, yeah, she knows her shit. Oh. I'm into it. I follow her lead. She knows more than me. I'm into it. And, God, it's so hot. Oh, it is. It's like just so good. So then the oh, Americans oh. remain the worst, remain the worst. They have remain diggers the with them. Like they have a whole crew. And so there have these poor, poor diggers who are just trying to get their paycheck are these like local guys yeah. who just like picked up some extra work. And the stupid colonizing misogynist is like, hey, important white people, you should take several steps back. We need mm-hmm. to to put the the local diggers in there just in case of booby traps. Making minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe not even. Jeez. Oh, They're just trying to feed their families. Oh, Ugh. I- Your lives are not worth more than theirs, you stupid colonizing misogynist. Anyway. <laughs> So they get melted with what is it like poison? Oh, salicylic acid, salt-based acid. It's an acid, you guys. It's an ancient. There's salt involved too. So yeah, salty acid. (laughs) Yeah. So that happens. Yes, and so then we're down in the base of the room that Evie discovered, and Evie's talking about mummification, and I love how excited she is to talk about like scrambling brains, and Rick's kind of like, I'm sort of into it. I think. Yeah. 
like, he's trying. <laughs> he is. And she's just like super like in her mode. Like she's like, I know about this stuff and it's so awesome. And I'm really like yeah. geeking out. And her brother is like playing golf with a golf club. With rocks. Yeah. And like, like I, I I don't understand how him playing golf makes the sarcophagus fall, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. So it absolutely doesn't. Um, so like the sarcophagus falls and Evie just realizes that like the key is the key, which might not have realized if the Magi hadn't told her it was the key, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> they're, <laughs> yeah. they're trying real hard. And so they immediately open it because of course they do. And the mummy is like juicy and they talk a lot about the bugs and like realize that he went into it like live and like scratched out words. Yeah, there's like scratch marks all over it. And died really terribly. Well, and meanwhile... As this is also happening, the warden has just gone um, exploring and he finds some like scarab art on the walls as the bugs. And so he takes the bug off the wall and then it he drops it on the ground. And somehow this makes a petrified scarab come out of its blue gold coating and it tunnels into his foot. We watch it. We watch it in all of its 1999 uh, CGI glory, <laughs> burrow all the way up through his body and into his brain, and then eat eat him eat him from the inside. And he dies like running, and he runs headfirst into a wall because of the pain. In so, in the room where the rest of them are, and it does not yeah. even phase them. Like yeah, they're just like hmm wonder what happened to him i guess he's we don't have to split it with him now like we yeah. got cut like yeah um, and then they immediately pillage his his belongings like oh i didn't notice that i must have been taking notes at that point <laughs> they um when they're sitting around the bonfire or like not the bonfire but the fire and jonathan's going through that bag that's his bag and he's like oh our friend had good taste in like oh my god bourbon or whatever <gasps> that's right oh my god <laughs> don't so even hesitate now the boys are ruminating on whether or not this place is cursed. Oh, wait, but Even before, though, oh, yeah, before yeah. they're drunk, the Magi attack. Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. And so, well, because they're wondering if it's cursed and Brendan Fraser's line this whole time is like, there is an, there is an evil here. So I don't know why he's like wondering now. <laughs> and she's like, the supernatural doesn't exist. And then the Magi attack. And then Evie, like, picks up a shotgun and murders a guy in the face? She does, but it's... then she falls over and just apparently stays fallen over through the rest yeah. of the fight. But it's okay. She got one yeah, guy. Yeah, she, she does a tiny collapse. <laughs> and we don't really know why. Which I didn't even realize until he picks her up at the end of it. And I'm like, oh, that was yeah. her the whole time. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so Rick stops it because he's about to get into a sword fight with our favorite leader, Magi. Whose who's face mask, like mysteriously veil thing gets oh, yeah. taken off so we can see him in all his glory like it's important yeah. that we see his face <laughs> in all of his beautiful chiseled tattooed glory mm -hmm. and so rick lights up a stick of dynamite inexplicably and uh, fights over which magi is like we we're done here just you need to leave in the next 24 hours or else question mark <laughs> I mean, unless you have more dynamite, because apparently that is a legitimate threat. I yeah, you know, it I, seems <laughs> it was very dramatic, but also yeah. super maybe not logical. You know, let's be real though. His actual threat is leave or die, and so in any situation, I feel like that's pretty accurate. Yeah, <laughs> like, whether or not you wake up the the worldwide plague. 
that's a possibility, you're going to die. So why don't you just stop? Be reasonable. (laughs) Yeah. Silly, silly magi. You think these idiots are going to be reasonable? Even the lovable ones. (laughs) Are you kidding? (laughs) So now we have one of the most important things about the movie and definitely the most important thing about this scene. Yes. And that is Rick turning around and seeing Evie on the ground. Oh, yeah. And he just like pulls her up and Uh. has her in his arms and... Oh my god. And then he does a take her by the chin. Yes. And he does a check her over and then a hold her by his side. And he's like real real like casually concerned about her in like a very I've got it handled sexy kind of way. And it's real so nice. Good. So good. And then Evie gets drunk because what else are you supposed to do after you murder a guy in the face? I mean, I, he was just, Rick was just taking care of her and making sure she's processing her trauma and like yeah. feeding her alcohol. And, oh. but it, she also doesn't seem super bothered by the murder either. Like she's more like, like she has that awesome line of like, what is a place like me doing in a girl like this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, but they're just super cute. Oh, so her exact line, he's like, I, I don't understand. I understand your brother. I know that he's an affable buffoon. I understand your explorer father. And I understand your um, your Egyptian mother. I get all of that. But I don't understand what you're doing here. And she gets all drunk and huffy. And she's like, I know I'm not an explorer or an adventurer or a treasure seeker or a gunfighter, Mr. O'Connell, but I am proud of what I am. And he's <laughs> he goes, like, and what's that? And, and she goes, I am a librarian. <laughs> yeah, you are, Evie. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> and then she goes, and I'm going to kiss you now, Mr. O'Connell. <laughs> and he's just he says, like, okay. Like, he says, call me Rick. And then he puckers up. Well, because then she she's like leaning in and leaning in and leaning in, and then she just passes out drunk in his lap. And That's he just perfect. like like air kisses like Mwah! like yep. I guess. He's <laughs> just like, well, this is my luck, but like maybe maybe next time. When also also O'Connell, like it, your Rick, it's better this way. It's better it that is. you're not making out with a probably blackout drunk Evie. Like you know, let's just absolutely keep your hero untarnished. <laughs> Indeed, Katie. Yeah. Hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store, did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent would always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. There's a St. Vincent would always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie, and it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself, 
or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. So then the next morning, the Americans get a book out of the base of the Statue of Anubis. It is a black book. It is not a gold book. But as before we were... the book, the chest, oh. they find the book is in a chest and the chest if you open this chest, you will be cursed. Like anyone, you know, present when the opening of this chest will like have really terrible things happen to them. It's serious too. Cause they're like the creature that brings, gets back from the dead will chew up your insides and suck your juices dry. And you know, it was serious mm-hmm. because the whole room went, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that desert mysticism yep yes, yes. that happened so benny runs away yeah and so benny's like i don't do curses and he runs away they open it and it's the book of the dead so then Would, our crew this and, is but also they, in there oh, is yeah. the because so the the um the oh yeah the americans want treasure yes it's in the 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 it like egyptologist dude is like oh my god the book of the dead woo and the americans are like what what is a stupid book mm-hmm. and so they find these um containers which we know because of like seeing in the beginning of the movie they are the container of anuxunamun's organs or maybe yeah, yeah all her, of her organs yes her organs so each of the four americans takes one and the fifth one yeah. was broken so it's left and so they got their treasure yeah so then and then the, our crew yeah. is down in the ba- in the below room, and they open up the sarcophagus, and this is where they find this three thousand year old juicy corpse. Uh, yeah, so and he like pops marks, out. He pops out of the. Oh my gosh! In a way that like imprinted on my being. <laughs> that was Michael's other thing when I told him about the mummy. He was like, "Okay, well, good luck," because he know that I he knows I don't like scary stuff. <laughs> I know when I suggested, I'm like, "Is it too scary?" Because I've seen nope. it so many times that it doesn't scare me anymore but i also can't watch it around my four-year-old <laughs> yeah fair 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 uh well i'm also not that big of a wimp so you know it wasn't really that big of a deal but it, it was pretty funny because he was concerned about my well-being <laughs> and so then he's also the the guy before he died which is you know your point about the inconsistent scarab usage throughout like apparently these scarabs ate him very slowly like, whereas every other scarab we encounter eats people in, in seconds than, yeah 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 yeah. so he has carved into the into the um sarcophagus death is only the beginning which is a running trend through this movie as well like yeah death is not the end <laughs> yeah and so we learn that the humdai victims will bring 10 plagues of egypt oh my gosh my next note is because okay the egyptologist is trying to pry this book open with his bare fingers he's not even using tools the idiot yeah (laughs) what a dummy he's just like and it's not working so she sees that earlier and then my next note is um she gets a she gets the book from the sleepy misogynist so i lied earlier when i said it was the stupid colonizing misogynist it's not it's the sleepy colonizing misogynist and i loved this <laughs> though because thieving straight up runs of the family jonathan yes. steals stuff all the time apparently evie does too like she's just like and i'm gonna take it like yeah. no hesitation yeah absolutely so then she takes it and she brings it over and o'connell's like you know that's thievery and she's like well you and my brother would call it borrowing so i will too <laughs> so here's my next thing I'm really impressed, Evie, that you can read and write in ancient Egyptian. But if you're dealing with books that have to do with curses, 
why not translate them in your head and then say it out loud in English? What? Why not? And also, <laughs> what the heck, ancient Egyptians? Like, you put the curse on the first page? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you're not yeah. going to bury the lead a little bit? Like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, it's just right there. You're totally right. So, she reads out And this... he asks her what it says. He's like, what does it say? And instead of responding right. in English like a normal person, mm-hmm. she reads the ancient Egyptian out loud. Uh-huh. Yeah, completely. As if O'Connell is, is no, nah, doesn't matter. So, <laughs> so at, right after she finishes the spell that wakes the juicy corpse beneath them. It's like four words. It's like four words. Like It is. It, all of them, all of them are like, there's no, there's no, like, turn around three times. There's no, like, go get this really tough to find ingredient. No. There's no draw me a fun picture in the sand. There's nothing. There's just four Really easy words to say out loud. Not even like a human sacrifice to like throw in for flavor. Nope. Yeah, where's where's my fun little human sacrifice? (laughs) Thank you very much. What kind of death wizard are you? Not a good one, apparently. (laughs) So she wakes up this juicy corpse. And at this moment, the sleepy misogynist wakes up and he shouts, No, you must not read from the book. And... My entire household cackled. It was it was great. And then there's a wind whip, and this mummy animates downstairs and screams and it, immediately. Oh, it gives a big snarl. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden, it looks like there's a big storm coming. But no, it's locust, the first plague of Egypt. And then the sleepy misogynist snuggles up with the locust. He doesn't even make it into the in there, does he? Like he just is outside no. the whole time. It's no, fine. he just decides to have a little cuddle puddle with all these locusts, and he takes that opportunity to say, what have we done? <laughs> like, this is the question that you ask when the poison gas comes pouring out, not, like, we're several steps beyond what have we done. Like, yeah, completely, <laughs> completely. But it drives them all inside, so they're all inside yeah. except for him, and Ooh. which it's very dark, and it's very scary, and there's a lot of bugs involved. Yeah. And so the um, the American with the glasses oh, falls down and loses them. Immediately. Because he can't see anything. And and then Benny steps on him. Yeah, because he's Benny. Yes. Yep. And just leaves him. <laughs> leaves him to die. And yeah. so he's just like, help. Like, he's so like yeah. a helpless little babe. And, you know, and there's some really creative camera work. So every time he turns around, like you see movement in the background. And, mm-hmm. and my question is like, the mummy teleports? I wrote that I know, note. he does. Gotta. Gotta. <laughs> apparently. He's just very fast. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so he, apparently the mummy decided to like draw out some suspense. So like he gets close to him and the dude screams and then it cuts away. Yeah. And then you see um, Rick and Evie and them. Yeah. And like the bugs, like a some, they trigger something and like bugs come out. And so they all run. And they're running up this, like, ramp thing and, like... Running, running, running. Yeah, just very scary. And so Rick and Jonathan jump one way and Evie jumps another. And she's, like, pressed against the wall. And the wall has a trap door. So she swings away. And so... And she's, like, oh, good God. Yeah. So she sees the American. Like, he's facing away the guy whose glasses were broke. And she's, like, oh, thank goodness. Like, I'm not alone. And he turns around and his eyes are gone. And his tongue's gone. Because apparently the mummy wanted to draw it out. It's cool. Well, but also, like, why that guy's eyes? Right. (laughs) Like, are they all of a sudden functioning eyes as soon as they get into that juicy corpse? Like, what? must be because he has regeneration purposes or, like, magic. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? You're right. I'm willing to roll with it. 
Yeah, but absolutely. That's a good point. Like, he should be more discerning. He has four to choose from. Yeah. Or yeah, five, like, five to choose don't from. choose the drunk sliver. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Make better choices, Imhotep. Yeah. So <laughs> as she's, like, approaching him, like, she turns and there's the mummy. And <clears throat> and in all that CGI glory. And oh, it's so good. So she's, like, backing up and backing up. And he um looks at her and he's just like, on Oksuna yeah. Moon. And gets all, like close and sort of yeah he wants to kiss up on her a little bit and it would be really sexy if he wasn't like a decaying corpse (laughs) yeah i'll i will say this right now i was not into it Mm -mm. okay i have standards katie he has to be at least like 60 (laughs) percent regenerated yes (laughs) at least 60 yes you know 62 maybe i mean just give me the face like give me the face (laughs) if you're gonna be kissing yes (laughs) cover up the rest it's fine yeah. And so as he's like getting close to her and like menacing her in a way that would be sexy if he wasn't like super dead, uh, Rick somehow shows up and it's just like, what are you doing? Like, let's get out of here. And like runs up uh-huh. to her and grabs her hands and then looks over and there's the mummy. I love that and, which, he thinks that she's just like gotten stuck in the shoe, sh- <laughs> shoe section, you know? He's <laughs> like, like, will you stop looking at those scarves? We've got places to go. Right. Like, <laughs> she's, Rick, she's still capable in every, I just have to think that he was panicking. And so he's like, yeah, here yeah, she yeah, is. Totally. Like he was so worried because totally. he couldn't get through the trap door thing. And so apparently he had to find his way to this room another route. Yeah. So like I I I allow it because he's like panicking. Fair. Fair. <laughs> so he shoots the money, mummy and they go away. And yeah. then they have this whole conversation with the, this group of magi and they're like, "Oh, so you did the thing? You did the thing we asked you not to do?" And they're like, "Meh, but we took care of it. Rick just shot him." And they're like, "You stupid white people. That's not how that works." And he's like, "No, and I got then, him." Like he says like four times, like, "I got him. It's fine." Yeah. I got him. I got, you know, that that obviously magical being totally took him out with one bullet it's (laughs) completely cool so then the mummy finds benny and this this honestly is one of my favorite scenes that's ever happened in the movie i remember it like this is the one scene in the movie that i remembered beat by beat because benny starts taking out all of his religious icons on necklaces and like attempting to pray this mummy away from him when it's such an indication of him because he instead of worshiping one god he just like he plays his odds so he worships them all i guess (laughs) absolutely or doesn't even worship them he just pulls them out when they're convenient yes yes he learns enough of the language to know the important prayer and then he just it's just cultural appropriation okay straight up that's all that is (laughs) but it works out in this case unfortunately unfortunately it does so he pulls out the star of david and starts speaking hebrew and emotep is like oh you speak the language of the slaves you're going to be useful and now this is where my question comes out because where does he pull that gold from is it his decomposed anus katie <laughs> i mean i feel like that is where his hand approached like approximate region was yes he i think he's got a butt pocket where he kept all of that gold where did he keep it katie where did he get it but also i don't think they were burying him with the gold like initially so he must have picked it up along the way in between like reanimating and finding these people oh my gosh like priorities imhotep priorities yeah but i do i did note that even benny has some competence porn because he also apparently speaks ancient egyptian because he can communicate Okay, yeah. I was like, yeah. were they speaking Hebrew? I don't know these languages. So, oh, but I think wait. they were. Oh, I don't know. I thought I don't he know no, because I don't think that Evie speaks Hebrew. I think she only speaks ancient Egyptian. Right. So later on in the movie, where she corrects okay, yes. him, yeah. Okay, but yeah, he he speaks ancient Egyptian like Benny. Way to overachieve yeah. for once in your life. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Good job, Benny. 
So Benny takes the job. He's like, I see, I see the writing on the wall. I will definitely work for you. Oh, scary mummy. And everyone else escapes as fast as possible. They fuck off. And they go off to Cairo. Cairo. And then we have the adorable packing, unpacking scene. And what is she even packing? Like, it's so great because she's throwing stuff in a suitcase and Rick's going behind her and taking it. Oh, wait, sorry. Yes. Other way around. He's throwing stuff and she's like, no, we're going to save the day. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, no, we're not going to save the day. We're going to go home. Like, what are you doing? Or if you like, why are you saying we? It's not a we. I didn't read from the book. You read from the book. And she's just like. But she's like throwing stuff, or he's throwing stuff willy nilly, like a stack of books. It's like, oh yeah, like, oh he sure. doesn't care what she takes; he just cares that she goes. <laughs> when like I was like, wait a minute, like did they just like leave most of their stuff in Cairo and then venture out? Because there is so much shit in that room. Yeah, I think so. I think she because she lives in Cairo permanently, so I think they're just at her apartment. Okay, because I was like, what? I don't. Yeah. I was like, I am so confused by like this <laughs> turn of events and like what the suitcase is doing. Like, are we leaving Egypt? What's going on? I don't know it's fine it doesn't matter rick rick is about to put her over his shoulder and take her back to america and it'll be fine and evie is not having it so then uh rick gives up and he goes downstairs to have a drink because women (laughs) and we encounter what's his name winchester winston winston i did write this one down (laughs) yeah we encounter winston the drunk old uh royal airman and he always talks about wanting to, to have gone down with his comrades. And it's very cute. So then Benny. Okay. Now we got a scene with Benny and Prince Imhotep. Yes. And the blinded, tongueless dude. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like Benny takes a turn in this moment. Because, like, it's one thing to be like, hey, I've got this job that I have to do. But instead, Benny's like, Prince Imhotep thanks you for your hospitality and he also thanks you for your eyes and your tongue and the guy's like oh no and it's a it's a big terrorist don't you think yeah he definitely like it's very and it's like the only time in the movie where he's truly like on that level of like what are you doing yeah like the rest of it he's just like sorry long for the ride my bad but this time he's just like i have a little power and i'm hoarding it over (laughs) you and better you than me brah like (laughs) yeah it's really true oh it's really true he definitely enjoyed that too much though 100 yeah completely but i still hate it because i hate like helpless people being like murdered i know and this dude is like a helpless little baby just sitting there with no and and just gets murdered up yeah, he just gets eaten. He gets straight up eaten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then the waters and booze, which I thought was a leap, <laughs> they run bloody. Well, maybe they really watered down the booze in there. like. The- oh, maybe. Oh, good. Good take. I like that. That's a hot take right there. Um, and then all of a sudden there's firestorms. So, but I loved that Jonathan apparently knows his Bible well enough to like start quoting scripture about the plagues yeah, of Egypt. That's true. Which I, I meant to go look it up, but I'm like, wait a minute, which plague was it? But then Jonathan no. quoted it. So it was fine. Yeah. But yeah, meteors like just fall in from the sky mm-hmm. and Rick immediately makes the jump of like, oh, the mummy's here. And yeah, immediately, and he's like, I, I gotta go get Evie! Ooh! Every time, he immediately runs to her every time, and I love oh, it, because he's like, oh, she's definitely in trouble, better go, yeah. and she is, always. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, let's review, Emotep's super hot for Evie as well, because... Oh, but yeah, they don't know ahead. that yet. They don't yeah, know that yet. totally. 
But well, yeah, except so for the fact that he called her a Noxuna Moon. I mean, his one true love. Right, like, but they hadn't met with the Magi. That's when they find out that that was his like yeah. lady love. Yeah, they, completely. They but so they're, he's running up there and sees Benny, but is too distracted by all the shit going on to like question completely. Benny's presence. And so then the mummy, um, Imhotep, follows them into a room of some sort and then sees a cat and then becomes a sandstorm and fucks off. Just fucks right off. It's crazy. He- <laughs> yeah, like just in a, a, usually we say in a puff of smoke, but this is a tornado of sand. <laughs> like it's so crazy. Okay, so now they go to... The curator. Yes. And this is where they get the information. They The Magi's there. Surprise! Woo! And they explain the whole thing and like, oh, like, he must have chosen you as an Oxenus Moon, like the human sacrifice. And in this, like, scene, I was watching Rick's face in the background yeah. and he's just, like, casually interested. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> seems legit, seems legit. Yep, okay. Like, he's not shocked or, like, horrified. He's just like, mm-hmm, sounds about right. Like, yeah. It's like, just my luck. Great, great. Yeah. I'm into it. So then they need to get to that sleepy colonizing misogynist because he's going to be the next one. Oh, because they also find out that not only does he want all of the people who opened up the box. Yes. And until he gets that, he's going to be afraid of cats because he's not yet immortal. I don't think he's not going to be immortal until he gets all of their fleshes. And cats are the guardians of the underworld. Yes. And the Egyptologist not only has all of that sweet, juicy organ meat that the mummy wants, but he has the book of the dead as well, mm-hmm. which this priest of the dead of death um, needs to resurrect his girlfriend. Now, here's my next question. Wouldn't he have those memorized right, as I was high priest? That of deathdom you know i mean it's not like i don't didn't you write that book right <laughs> right because i like, gotta go get or like there's the eclipse and then they're like gotta go get that dude and yeah. the americans are like oh well nah. and evie's like let's go get him and rick's like no absolutely oh. not like he just throws her over his shoulder while she's still arguing with him and oh. walks her in the room dumps her on the bed walks back out two-handed shuts the door behind him like such oh. such swagger you guys, and he does this traditional Lukov carry that is just masterful. It was nice. Yeah. And so he's like, somebody guard the door. I'm going to go get that sleepy colonizing misogynist. And so he enlists Jonathan, who definitely fights him on it. Evie's like clamoring to go. And Jonathan's like, or I could just stay here. And he's like, Jonathan. I know. <laughs> so, he just takes charge. He takes charge really sexy. Oh, like, And just like, I you two it. Americans, you stay here and like watch the lady nobody gets in you take care of her and yeah also like keep a hold on your kidneys right that's all i'm saying maybe you know some good choices (laughs) shut a window i don't know like (laughs) nope nope so then the egyptologist is in an alleyway and rick finds benny ransacking that dude's room and then there is a scream and we see emotep eat the sleepy colonizing misogynist, never to be mentioned again. It's very sad for me. <laughs> and then he gets the book. And then he belches weaponized flies. Like right at Rick's face. Like he manages oh. to shut the window in time, but it was it was something. Oh my god. He just like unhinges his jaw and shoots a bunch of flies at Rick. It's crazy. He does that jaw unhinge a lot. Like, yeah, he does. like a lot, a lot. 
Like, even yeah, when he's yeah, regenerated, yeah. I'm kind of into it. I don't know. Same. <laughs> Same. I'm really glad I'm not the only weirdo who was like, hmm, that could be useful. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm super okay with it. Like, let's get kinky. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So then he eats the next cowboy as sand. He, like, sandstorms him up. And gets, like, 75% sexier. Like... Most oh, of his yeah. face is fine now. Like, you can see that he was a very hot dude. <gasps> oh, but then he eats... Oh, God. So then, I think it's like a scarab or a beetle or something. Oh, yeah. He climbs Ooh, yeah. through his, his cheek folds and he chews it right up. Goodbye. Wah. Okay. So then, Evie is sleeping like the angel that she is because she done gave up. All right? <laughs> She's like, I can conserve my energy because I'm a smart, capable lady and I know what to do. So she's sleeping like a beauty. So then sand starts coming through the keyhole on her door, and that's how he enters her room. And then he did a big loom over her bed. Mm-hmm. Which I would have been fine with if his face stayed. If his face wasn't half decayed, Katie. When I'm like, why is the decay moving around, Imhotep? Like, stay consistent. Like, stay consistently pretty so you can kiss the lady that you're going to murder for your dead girlfriend. Yeah. Like, yes. That's all we ask. And he just straight goes for it. He just, like, he, he kisses her while she's sleeping, and I like yeah she has a minute of or like not a minute but like a second of like oh and then she opens like, her eyes and is like no no and then rick bursts in he right? kicks in the door that man loves to kick in a door and i God love it he too does. like I yes do. it works for me yes yeah and then oh and then he he sandwing ducks out of there because yeah, he holds up a cat <laughs> he kicks in a door and holds up a cat because he came prepared for oh. this conflict that's right Rick really likes a tailored weapon. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. Okay, so then he asks Evie if she's all right, and her silly brother answers. It's just really funny. It's very Jonathan. <laughs> okay, so then they rendezvous with the Magi and the Curator, and they exposition a lot about how they need to find the gold book to kill him. Yeah, because if the black book woke him up, the gold book might, like, kill him dead again. Yes. And so then she starts doing a sexy brain. And she tries to, like, scholar really fast because there's a zombie horde covered in boils <laughs> and sores who Emotep has enlisted and, like, has his, his his psychic slaves. I don't know. Now, here's my next question, Katie. They've got two local bros who are tapped into 3,000 years of uh, insider info. Mm-hmm. Why is she the one finding the gold book? Because she's a thousand times more capable than any of them. And I'm okay with Come it. On. But my oh. but on that note, the Magi are so numerous in every other part of this movie, but the second Imhotep wakes up, they're like, bye. And it's just That's it's true. just head dude left to hold in the bag to like put this dude down. And the rest of them, like, they could have been really helpful in the next couple scenes, but they were not there. I know. I know. I'm just saying that it has a lot less to do with the Magi and a lot more of the white savior complex of the screenwriters than anything else. Yep. All right. That's yep, all. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so she does a really sexy brain and she figures out that the gold book has to be in under the statue of Horus because they're flipped. Take that, Bembridge yes. scholars. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the thing she says. Okay. So they chase him through the streets in like it's yes. a car chase except the bad guys are all on feet. <laughs> yes. That's right. The the zombie the poor zombie locals are like getting hit by cars because they don't know any better because Emotep doesn't care about their lives. To be fair, Jonathan is going to stop cuz he's like mm, he don't want to run over a bunch of people and nope, 
They don't let him And stop. Rick's not having it. No. no. Rick is like, no. put the pedal to the metal, broseth. Gotta save your sister. Yeah, and the final American uh, falls out of the car, right? Is he was not happens? even fighting. Everybody else is swinging fists and like <laughs> defending the car. And he's just sitting back there with his arms spread, like enjoying the ride. And they grabbed his arms, just hold him out of the car. Yeah. Isn't he like clutching the last organ? Yes. Uh, an oxygen yes. organ thing? Yeah. All right. So then he gets it too. When he like tries to offer it like, oh, this will make it better, right? You can just take oh, this yeah. back that I totally stole from a grave. That's right. And no, he definitely gets eaten real quick. <laughs> it's good stuff. So then the horde corners them and uh, Imhotep comes out in all of his hot, hot glory because now you guys, he is not only fully regenerated, but he is wearing only a loincloth and a raggedy cape and this this necklace that is very sexy. Where did it come from? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody cares. I certainly don't. So he comes out and he's like, come with me if you wish your friends to live. And Rick is not pleased about this. He licks his full lips and he tries to tell hot zombie daddy that that he needs to back off. But then... I feel like Evie, like, weighs the odds, looks around, compiles all the evidence yeah. in that impressive brain of hers, and is like, mm, no, we're going to go with this the way that we're most likely to survive. Right. And so and she, she's like, yeah. just come get me. Like, he has to take mm-hmm. me back to Hamanatra. You get there, too? Like, you save me. Woo! I have faith in you. Confidence. Yes. But then, as she's walking away, Brendan Fraser says, I'll be seeing you again. And Benny then takes the key from Jonathan, the brother. Mm-hmm. And then they get double-crossed by Hot Zombie Daddy, and I thought he had more nobility than that. And was I... Come on. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I feel like he's weighed the odds as well and realizes that he probably doesn't want Brandon Fraser like on his ass. So That's true. <laughs> yeah, so Emotep's like, kill them all. He doesn't even wait ten steps. There he's like halfway through the crowd. Like he doesn't even yeah. it, nope, just murder him up. Yeah, and Evie's look of absolute shocked indignation is so perfect. Yeah. She's like, ah! I made an agreement. <laughs> um, but don't worry, because the curator, he, what does he do? He, what is that word? I'm like losing it. Um, he sacrifices yes. himself and he swords all the, all the horde up and giving them time to escape via the sewers. Because apparently, hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yes, they escape through the sewers. It definitely happened like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Very completely. logical. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he is a hero, and now they visit the washed-up, suicidal British pilot. With his sweet mustache. Oh, with that sweet, sweet mustache, <laughs> and that really, really good drunk red nose. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so they're basically like, we need you to take us on this uh, suicide mission. You're surely to die and save the world. And he is so in. He's been waiting for someone to say this to him. So he's going to fly them to Halinaptra, which like my next. He didn't need a sunrise to get there. (laughs) Thank you. How did he find the city without the mystical sunrise? Whatever. Well, but you know what? As cool as it is, like they strap them to like like <gasps> to the um the wings of the plane and are flying yeah and, like, jonathan and, and ardeth the lead yes. magi are on the wings of the plane yes and meanwhile them. like imhotep apparently travels by like twister like <laughs> by sandstorm yes. yeah and so he, he spits, spits out yeah. yeah oh he spits out um benny and spits out evie and they're just like 
like all discombobulated and like as he's walking down the sand dune like his oh. loincloth mostly falls away so it's just like a little itty bitty covering oh. the bare essentials he gets my more gosh. and more naked i'm super into oh, it oh <laughs> my gosh and the cape is billowing and it's raggediness oh. in the background and now all of a sudden he's got these um he's got these forearm leather cuffs that yes. just i didn't know that would do that for me and suddenly last night two w- glasses of wine in i was shouting <laughs> i literally was shouting whoa i am seeing this movie through a new lens <sighs> well then so he sees the plane because they're apparently timed up really well and yeah. immediately decides to murder them with sand because that's his thing with his sand face yeah just <sighs> like in the sandstorm bearing down on him the sand face and he swallows them and evie's like oh shit they're gonna die and so yeah. she straight up kisses him like jasmine and jafar and i'm so yes. so happy and oh my like gosh. but she it takes her a second to work up to it like she's just like because he's got his eyes closed and she's like uh-huh. "Ooh, do i reach for him do i do i ooh, gotta do it gotta do it and, like just grabs Meanwhile, face and kisses him <laughs> i am in my living room shouting kiss 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 and my note is melody yell kiss him kiss him and his dastardly bare chest <laughs> 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 my my note right there was Imhotep is almost naked. <laughs> like, yes, his priorities. <laughs> oh, so good. He is so hot. So yeah. then the sandstorm stops, and she's feeling very victorious. Wait, but before we get there, real quick, yeah, when the yeah, sandstorm's yeah. happening, I love that Rick's instinct is to shoot the sandstorm with bullets. Oh, like, yeah, you know, that's trying Gryffindor. so hard. <laughs> Bang bang. He's all about the bang bang. A couple of of expertises, and uh, he doesn't know what to do otherwise. And that's fine. We support him. Yes. (laughs) So then the sandstorm stops with the kiss because obviously he's very distracted. Of course. But the plane still goes down. And she is walking to Hamanoptera with Benny and Emotep. And Benny, like, tries to gloat a little bit, and she says, that nasty little fellows like him always get their comeuppance. And it's like the first time he's heard this. He's like, what? Like, he's, yeah. are you sure? And she's like, yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she's like, oh, so crap. properly sexy. Oh, <laughs> it's very nice. Every time she like gets all school marm on someone, I'm very into it. Yes. It's, yes. It's, it's an odd reaction, but I'm fine with it. Well, you can just sort of almost picture her in like the librarian outfit, mm-hmm. like with like one of those like rulers, like slap your hand. Like I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am right there with you. Um, okay. So then our crew. As they get out of the plane and stuff, and then they go to the crypt. And as they're, like, trying to figure out a collapsed hallway or something like that. Yeah, I was, like, trying to dig into the pyramid, question mark. Like, I don't know what's happening. what they were doing. (laughs) I didn't need to know. It was okay. Jonathan picks up one of the scarab arts from the wall, and then he gets scarab tunneled. It goes into his hand. And goes under his skin, and he's screaming and screaming because obviously pain. But Rick grabs a knife and he cuts it out of him, and then he like he rips off it. his shirt partially first. Like, oh yeah, that's true. Very like no Buttons hesitation everywhere. Yeah, oh yeah, it's very and nice. just switchblade in or not whatever that what knife in pop out yeah. gun bang. 
Scarab's dead. <laughs> and then Emotep knows they are there. Oh. And for the second time in the movie, Evie looks and goes, Wait. Oh, no, she goes, O'Connell. And I love that she hears gunshots <laughs> and she's like, that's my man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such a romance. <sighs> okay. So then they find the giant. Oh, 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 no. Then Emotep says a spell that he obvi- he doesn't need a book for right. at a wall. And he resurrects a bunch of his priests and he says, go kill them. Yep. So all of those gold eunuchs go and try to kill Rick. So then. But they do it. Yeah. So they're in the um, in this treasure room and it looks they like. Find the treasure room. It looks like the um, the Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. Like mm-hmm. it's just mounds and mounds of gold and treasure everywhere and like whatever. And but oh, no, the mummies are coming into the room in the most dramatic way possible digging through the floor (laughs) (laughs) hand burst through the sand floor oh my gosh so then they start shooting and then benny as they like run out of the room benny exit or enter a stage right and finds the treasure room and benny is very excited because he was promised gold and he was he's just really excited that he doesn't have to get it from imatep's anus anymore <laughs> so then uh the rest of the movie is basically benny we we're, we're getting quick flashes to benny just like dragging giant bags of gold but if out he had of the stopped pyramid. with one he would have been fine and he would have ridden off oh, yeah. into the sunset but benny is a he greedy little shit and had to keep going back for more that's right nasty little fellows like him get their comeuppance katie yep they do <sighs> so like it flashes to evie with like her hands her wrist chained above her head why is she unconscious doesn't matter it's fine she wakes up in like a rat i don't care like, walk all of a sudden she's, like, evie's tied up yes and, yes uh, and being cut, she's like, all cuffed Oh, I'm like, you know, Imhotep, like, you know your audience. It's cool. I <laughs> I don't know. I think this movie was made just for me yes. and you. Yes. Both of us. That's it. So she, like, a rat, like, crawls across her stomach and she's like, oh, get off. It, like, rolls to the side to, like, make it go away. And, like, there's a mummy next to her. And it's Anaxuna Moon's mummified body. Like, on, yes. a, like, a slab next to hers. Yeah, she's just like, so it was all, it was all romantic and exciting. And then there's a dead lady there. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, man. <sighs> anyway, okay, so then they find the statue of Horus. Um, the boys. We're just gonna call them yes. the boys. It's it's Jonathan, Rick, and Ardith. And they find the statue of Horus. So then Benny takes them to the loadout, and then Emotep unlocks the black book. And then the boys find the gold book of Amun Ra. Mm-hmm. Oh man, then my next note, because it's all of a sudden the zombie priests are are coming out of the woodwork and they can't hold them back anymore. And so my note is the final local dude, Ardith, sacrifices himself for these mediocre white dudes. Yeah. Because <laughs> but you know what? It's okay because he's got sweet magi skills, so he must know he that he's not really going to die. Yeah. So yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At that moment, though, yeah. I was just like shaking my fist at the sky. Like, because they did this. It was like dynamite in there or something. Well, I'm like, they did it. This is all their fault. Like, yes. Why are you trusting them to clean up their own mess that they started? Like, they have not done well to date, like, at all. I know. Everybody's died. But, Just you know, crazy. It's cool. <laughs> so then Anoxina Moon's soul, like, comes out of, like, the pool of, of souls, I oh guess, my and, gosh. like, goes into her body. And ah. I don't know why she needs a human sacrifice now when she didn't before. Maybe it's to make her, like, hot again. Right, it's Probably. fine. It's fine. So she, but she has to kill Evie in order for her to be fully resurrected. Yeah. 
So Imhotep is just about to kill Evie, but Jonathan shouts from the wings <laughs> that he's got the book. He just is like <laughs> at the top of the staircase, like, Evie, I got I the book. It. Like he's so proud of himself. <laughs> he is. He is. He tosses his arms out to the side and he says, ta-da! Well, and I love that, like, Imhotep this whole time has been like, I'm doing it for love and, like, you know, whatever. But the second Mm -hmm. that he has, like, the threat that he might die, instead of just finishing his spell and killing Evie and getting his girlfriend back, he stops what he's doing and goes after Jonathan to get this book because it's a threat to him. Oh, yeah. This egomaniac cannot handle it. So then, this is another big giant fight scene because rick gets a sword from a statue and he starts fighting 17 zombie priests when is this before but well this before this right is when imhotep's choking jonathan or is that after there's a lot of fighting there's a lot of fighting going on fighting at one point imhotep has jonathan is like choking him or whatever and at yeah. this point, Jonathan is pickpocketing his loincloth. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Oh, get it, and Jonathan. Like, like, Rick, like, chops off his arm, which now has a cord around the bicep. Yeah. Which I was super oh. into. Oh, but yeah. he, like, just, like, uh-huh. reattaches it. And and apparently the spell to... Jonathan just starts reading the golden book all willy-nilly. Like, yeah, he tries. And so he's trying to read it. And Evie... Uh, so... Rick, at some point, has gotten Evie off of the altar, and uh, Emotep has awakened a bunch of the Pharaoh's old guards now. Jonathan did, because he was reading it, and he woke him up, but he didn't finish the reading, and so they, so Emotep was able to command them. Oh! So Jonathan woke him up, and then Emotep's like, kill Rick. Evie. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and Rick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because then Anaxuna Moon goes after Evie. Yes. So... Jonathan is just like very casually <laughs> walking through statues trying to read this book. And he's like, what does this one say, Evie? And she's like, slash, slash. Oh, God. Trying to fend off an ox and a moon. And she's like, what does it look like? And he's like, it looks sort of like a bear and a tree or something. <laughs> she's like, like ah. a bird, like a bird. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like saving her, her damn self in so many ways. Yeah. Meanwhile, Rick is still fighting all these soldiers. And then finally, Jonathan gets the ability to command the soldiers. And so he stops them just in time from killing Rick. And then he says, now you need to go kill Anax and Amun. I love that that was his priority and like to save yeah. his sister instead of to like hold back the mummy for a little bit longer. Like yeah. his priority was to save Evie. Yeah, it is really nice. It was one of the only times in the movie when Jonathan was actually pure. Yeah. yeah. He tries real hard, okay? (laughs) He does. Well, also, I think that he knows his limitations because he's like, I could barely read the cover page. I'm not going to be able to figure out this four-word incantation that vanquishes the big bad. Right. Like, come on, you guys. Okay, so then Evie gets the book. And now, what's his name? Emotep is going after Rick. When I have a note here, and I don't know yeah. what, I don't remember exactly when this happened, but it says yeah, yeah. more naked. <laughs> so I think he lost his, his cloak thing, his like. Yes, he rope. did. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, because my note is meanwhile, Emotep is just kicking ass and taking names in that tiny ancient set of underwear yes. and armbands and necklace. And I'm o- I am not okay. <laughs> well, his like butt was showing through like one of the. Yeah. Like a cut in like the back of it. I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh, I was into it. Jeez, Uh, I was I was a different person when I saw this movie for the first time. (laughs) Okay, so she finds the spell, 
and it's and my note is it's two phrases come on (laughs) (laughs) and then the underworld chariot comes and takes his spirit away and then go ahead katie so then rick's like what the fuck evie like you said it was gonna kill (laughs) him like what and she and so like Imhotep's running and so Rick it just was like I guess I'm gonna stab him in the stomach and hope for the best and mm-hmm. lo and behold it does in fact kill him because he's mortal now and so he yeah. gut wounds him and like Imhotep like stumbles back into the pool of souls <laughs> that is just sitting there it seems like yeah. a safety hazard but it's fine <laughs> and as he's like sinking into the souls he says death is only the beginning and like you see his face like decomposing all over again Aww. and he sinks below and he's gone yeah and then. We think that everything is good, but stupid, stupid Benny. Stupid Benny. He's tired. He's been dragging so many treasures, you guys. You think that he would be like, I'm just going to set this thing on the ground where it's safe and then pick it back up in a minute. Nope. (laughs) Nope. He sets it on top of the self-destruct lever. Yeah. Yeah. The big red button. (laughs) Yeah. The big red button. So Jonathan, uh, as so everything starts like falling down the the ceiling starts tumbling the there's sand cascading everywhere and they start running out jonathan drops the gold book into one of the pools of souls well because jonathan's like the treasure and they're like no jonathan and then the book falls into the pool yeah. and evie's like wait but the book like she stops running and it's like but the uh-huh. book and rick's like no <laughs> i know i know this is like the one i'm like jonathan you have treasure in your hands right now it is made of gold but no <laughs> one job man one job yeah, right <laughs> so they go out and then benny like almost makes it and o'connell stops and he's trying to give benny a hand as this giant thing starts like you know he, it's going down and benny's about to be trapped and then he is trapped and then o'connell goes bye benny and it's almost bye, a little benny. sad <laughs> it is it is he he needs his foil yeah. you know so Benny gets his comeuppance indeed. He makes it all the way back to the cave of treasures. Mm-hmm. But then his torch starts going out. Well, because the, the ceiling knocks off the mirrors that had been yeah. like lighting the whole place up. So it's just him and his torch. And then like a bug shows up and he's like, shush bug. Ooh. And then all the bugs show up. And then he goes, Ooh. and then the torch goes out and no more, Benny. <laughs> and then he gets super eaten by all those scarabs in their last meal. Ugh. Benny is their last supper. So they escape and they have to like run like hell because this thing is turning into basically a sinkhole. Yeah. Essentially. So it's going to the center of the earth, I'm sure. <laughs> Until they dig it up for the second book. It's or the second movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't seen the second movie, actually. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I don't it's, think I realized that Brendan Fraser was in it. Otherwise, I would have seen it. It's Jeez. both of them as the lead and they have oh, like a gosh. kid and oh. Imhotep's back and it's like it's more less horry and more like yeah. adventure shenanigans oh you just have to squint wonderful. a little bit at like some of the you know log- logistics but other than that i mean you know that's yeah. that's par for the course yes, yes so they're all standing there and they're like what are we gonna do and then jonathan gets grabbed on the shoulder by artith the <laughs> who Magi was apparently leader. standing right there in this desert and they didn't notice it's fine <laughs> Yeah, he's like on the back of a camel right now, and they didn't notice him or the camel. (laughs) Or the other Uh, four camels. Why were there camels? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. matter. Nobody cares. (laughs) Certainly not us. So he tells them that all of a sudden they have earned his respect. I don't know why. They do not deserve it. All they've done is clean up their mess and like get some people killed in the process. 
and like destroy yeah. this entire city. <laughs> yeah, and like unnecessarily ruin one of the wonders of the world with all of Egypt's wealth in it. Right. You know, right. along the way, just for shiggles. Yeah, that's fine. So then, this is this is where it all happens, you guys. Jonathan says, "Oh, we're going home empty-handed." Then Katie, you take it. Well, it. Oh man, I didn't write down the exact quote, but the, Rick's basically oh. it's like it's the equivalent of like wow, this is so beautiful. And the person's like, yeah, it is. And they're looking at like you. And he's just like, well, well okay, okay. So the, the you, exact quote yes. is uh, Jonathan says, we're going home empty handed. And then Rick looks straight at Evie and says, I wouldn't say that. And he, they, he just like lays it on her. And after they kiss, oh, they yeah. do this super cute nose thing where he rubs his <gasps> nose against her nose. And like, I didn't they know I was into do. that, but I really am. They do that nose nuzzle, and that is also in my notes. Oh my gosh, it is so good. And then they do this big, hopeful smile at each other. And then they get on the back of the camel with all the treasure on it. And just ride into the sunset. Yeah. But seriously, Melody, you need to watch the second one because they are married, have been married for quite some time, and are still like super hot for each other. And it is, it's like the best. Like, oh, I love that. Married couple relationship gosh i love that so much yes i'm definitely gonna watch it that sounds so good (sighs) oh my last (laughs) note is that they probably share the treasure on their camel with the stupid brother but it's still an hea (laughs) it's cool it's you know it's cool he he sort of helped a little bit (laughs) yeah a tiny bit a tiny you know and they have the extra 25 percent to make up because the warden died so it's all good that is true yeah Oh my gosh. Thank you for choosing this. This was wonderful. <laughs> I had so much fun. <laughs> yeah. This is the perfect movie. Oh my gosh. Okay, Katie. Do you have a lady love? I do. I um Whee! I have been going to therapy forever and this whole being quarantined or self-isolated yeah. or whatever you want to call it is wearing on me pretty intensely because I'm never alone and mm-hmm. introverts we have issues with this. And so my therapist yep. told me to try to at least twice a week to take a walk like no kids no dogs no spouse and just you it's called emdr like you in time with your footsteps look between two points ahead of you and Mm. it does some magic science stuff to your brain that i don't really understand but it works and it has been such a stress relief of like just helping me keep my sanity so even if you don't do the the eye thing you just going for a walk by yourself with no one else it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yesterday I went to take a, a walk and I was going to do it by myself. And then I realized that my oldest has been like such a big help, Aww. you know, it, as much as an almost four year old can be. And like, you know, he was probably feeling pretty neglected because the baby's been pretty sick, like, you know, just cold, mm-hmm. but still, you know, she's been clingy and gross. When it's a, your stress level is going to be high because of what we're dealing with, like any kind of sickness, you're like, Ugh. oh yeah, a high alert, high yeah. alert over yeah. here. So I was going to go on a walk by myself and then I was like, hey, why don't we take a special big kid mama walk? Aww. And he was really excited about it, but it didn't do the thing that right. I needed it to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So can I Google how to do this EMDR thing? Yeah, you should be able to. It's It like replicates like rapid eye movement when you sleep and it's oh. a really good thing for like trauma that it helps because when you have trauma your brain like does weird things to it and files memories strangely 
And so by going through with therapy and doing EMDR, it helps recategorize those memories and takes away some of the triggering aspects of them. And I super don't understand it, but it's like magic. Like I don't, it, they use it a lot with like with PTSD and like soldiers and like people who have childhood trauma. And so, yeah, uh, I highly recommend looking into it if that sounds interesting, but yeah, it's just, it's just the thing is, is like the rapid eye movement of back and forth that does uh-huh. something to your brain that is really good. That's really cool. All right. I'm going to Google that because cool. I need it. It's week. It's only week two. I know. It God. feels like <laughs> week 89. It does. <laughs> um, mine is a little bit more uh, basic, but here we go. So I realized, you know, I've, I've talked on the podcast before about like not being able to find a good enough lotion especially in the winter time and then a couple of the skincare hbs started i don't know i just basically lurked in a conversation they were in and they talked about vitamin c serum so i did some googling and i decided to get some and oh my gosh it's crazy because apparently apparently it wasn't that i that the lotion was not good enough. It's that my skin wasn't prepped in a way to soak in the moisturizing properties of the lotion. So this vitamin C serum, you put it on before your like overnight lotion or or something like that. And you have to be a little bit better about SPF when you wear it because, you know, it, I don't know why, but there's, um, the one I have is a professional grade and it's vitamin C, E, and hydrolauric acid. And my skin is so much better moisturized now that I prep with that. Like I do it in between my toner and my moisturizer and it is awesome. Ooh, I've read so. about vitamin C, but I've never used it like the serum stuff. It seems like magic to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, really. And it and I put it on and I'm like, this doesn't feel like anything. It doesn't smell like anything. It feels like it's not doing anything. But then I wake up and my skin is is moisturized. It's bonkers. So yeah, that's my that's my idea. Sweet. That stuff's important, especially when you're trapped inside. <laughs> yeah, completely. All right, Katie, where can they find you on the socials? Um, I am most active on Instagram and it's Katie underscore Robert. Katie with two E's. <laughs> and um yeah. and then I have also on Twitter, I think it's the same. And then I have a Facebook group, The Rabble, where I share like dirty excerpts and stuff as I'm writing. Oh my gosh. The Rabble is a gift to my world <laughs> that I can't even express. Well, the there Rabble are authors that like really keep their stuff under wraps and I 100% respect that. But like I am always so like, oh my God, I just wrote this filthy thing. Do you want to read it? Here you go. <laughs> like I'm a sharer. I'm all about it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. All right, cool. And I'll put those in the show notes. Um. Yeah, I love your Instagram. I feel like it's this beautiful, uh, like 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 glimpse into your real life, and it makes you it makes you like a tangible human in a really cool way. Yeah, I try oh. really hard not to only share the good stuff, like to give a little yeah. glimpse of the struggles too. Just because I get a lot of like, "How are you doing all this?" and I'm like, "It's not easy." I I promise right. I'm not right. a unicorn. I'm in the trenches with the rest of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Katie, keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as Rick loves Evie. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it's so much. Those those sexy alpha heart eyes are just so good. 
All right. So, thank so you so, so much for being here with us. I'm really, really, this is like seriously dream come true. Oh, I'm so excited. I've been listening for quite some time. And so it's like, oh, I love it. It's, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then you're going to stick around for a quick Patreon? Yes. All right. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.